Amen. Well, it's good to see y'all tonight. Uh, I almost don't feel qualified to do this, Shannon. Almost I feel she's our children's director and you know, and she just does a tremendous job. I want to give, yes, give her a big hand. Amen. A tremendous job that she does with our kids and in, in getting our, uh, uh, the adults to help over there. But pastor wants us to tell stories. Now, I was raised in the Catholic church and we didn't know the Bible stories. And when I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, I was 31 years old. And these stories were exciting to me. And so Pastor said, well, I don't think all them people know it anyway. He said, let's just do it. So tonight, the story that I'm going to be talking about and trying to tell Tommy without preaching is the story of David and Goliath. Now, we've all heard that story and oh, I'm, it's one of our biggest stories. But you know, do we know really what was taking place and what was happening? And who was David? Well, David was a little shepherd boy from Bethlehem. Now, during the time that he was growing up, Saul was the first king of Israel that was appointed by God. And, and uh, Saul's the prophet for Saul was Samuel. Well, Saul disobeyed God. And God was angry that he had appointed Saul as king. And he told his prophet Samuel, he said, I'm taking the anointing away from Saul. And I'm sending you to Bethlehem to a man named Jesse who has eight sons. And you're going to anoint one of those sons, the one I tell you to, with the anointing oil. And so Samuel goes on to Bethlehem and he goes to Jesse's house. Well, Jesse has eight sons. And his first son, and Samuel tells him why he's coming, to anoint one of his sons as the future king, because this wasn't going to happen right away, as the future king of Israel. Well, uh, Jesse, well, you know, how would you feel if a prophet come to you and tell you one of your sons is going to be anointed by God to be the king of Israel? And I'm sure he had a moment of pride there. And his eldest son, Elab, he was there. And so naturally he's going to bring the oldest son first. And this is what Samuel says about him. He says, when they arrived, Samuel seen Aliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointing, anointed stands here before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so Samuel told Jesse, said, nope, that's not the one. So Samuel brought his second son out. I mean, Jesse brought his second son out. And Samuel said, no, he's not the one. And he brings the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh. And they're all rejected by God. And so Samuel looks at Jesse and he says, do you have any other sons? 
He said, well, I have a young lad, a, a, a younger son. He's working out in the field tending the shepherds. And so Samuel says, go get him. We're not doing anything else till you bring him here. So he went out and he got David. And David comes in and God tells Samuel, this is the one. Amen? Remember that old song? Sometimes people just see a shepherd boy, but God can see a king. There are things in you that God sees. Amen? And it's not what the outward man looks like, but it's what's in your heart. So Samuel anointed David with the horn of oil to be the next king of Israel. And so this, he's a young man then, and time is going on. Saul is still the king. But when, he, when God took the spirit away from Saul, Saul started ha- being uh, bothered by evil spirits. And he just couldn't ha- have these moods and these things that were just afflicting him. So he asked his people, he said, "Do you, I need somebody with a harp that can play so that I can be assisted with this so that it will go away. And the people knew David, the son of Jesse. And so Saul sent for him and uh, David started playing his little harp. That's where all that comes from. And singing his hymns that he would just make up and write. And those evil spirits would leave Saul. So he hired him as an armor bearer, but he got, David got to go back and forth to Bethlehem and be with his dad, Jesse, and take care of the sheep. So during this period of time, the Philistines... Now, we've all heard how bad the Philistines are, right? The Philistines were starting a battle with the Israelites. And they were in the Valley of Elah. And, did I say that right? Yeah, Elah. I went there, and I'm telling you, it's awesome. You've got the big, big mountain on one side, and you've got the big mountain on the other side, and you have the valley in the middle. And you had the Philistines coming And they were up on one mountain. And you had the Israelites on the other mountain. And the Philistines were taunting and making fun of the Israelites. And so um, David, daddy told him, he said, look, he said, I'm going to make some food for your brothers in the army and I want you to go and take it to where your brothers are. And so David said, you know, he's ready to go. And so he goes there, and then this battle's taken on. But let me tell you something first. That battle had been going on for 40 days. Every morning and every night, that battle was going on. And you know what amazed me as I was reading this? They got ready, and they stood in line, the Israelites, and they sounded their battle cry and nobody moved and did anything. Does that kind of sound like us? Oh, we just ready. We're just going to quote the word. We're going to do this. And then we don't do anything. 
And they became terrified of the Philistines because the champion for the Philistines was Goliath. Now, think about this. The kids probably could tell me. He was a giant. He was nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet, a coat of scale armor, weighed 125 pounds. He had bronze on his legs to protect him, bronze javelin on his back, and a spear that weighed 15 pounds. Now, he must have looked like a sight standing up there. And he was just taunting them and making fun of them. And they did it twice a day. Forty days they're doing this. Well, when David gets there, he, you know, goes to see his brothers and he notices this and he sees what's happening and he thinks, what's going on here? You know, what's going on here? What could be happening? And when he got there, the army was setting up and they gave their battle cry and they didn't do anything. And David just wondered what was going on. They served the God of Israel. Why were these men afraid to go out and fight? So while he was talking to his brothers, and, and, the, and Goliath was taunting them, he said, well, he'd go out and, and fight him. Now, you know, that was a big thing for David to say. And David could not, you know, he, he couldn't believe it. And he told Saul, and now he told Saul, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of God? Now, he's just a little old boy, but he knows who God is. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He couldn't believe that they weren't doing anything about him because they served God. And what David said was repeated. And so Saul calls him in. And David said, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. I will go out and fight him. And Saul says, You can't do that. You're only a boy. But David declared, I am able. (laughs) When the devil's attacking you and hitting you and things are coming against you, Do you know who you are? David said, I am able. And Saul says, well, come on then. And he went out and he got all of his armor, Saul's armor, to put on David. But Saul was so much bigger than David that the armor just fell off of him. You know, he couldn't walk. He couldn't do anything with that. It was too heavy. So David takes all of Saul's armor. You know, other people's armor is not going to help you. When you have a battle, it don't, you don't go to man. It's God's armor. That's the one that's going to fit us. And David says, I can't wear this. And he took it all off. And David went, got to... Uh, present himself against this giant. And he had the sword. He's, hey, he cut the de- uh, Goliath's head off with his own sword. How much power is that? 
All, all David had to have was five, he, or what he picked up was five smooth stones. And he ran to the giant. He says, I come at you in the name of the almighty God of Israel. And I, I don't know what his brothers were thinking or anybody else that was sitting back there. They were still standing back there, I guarantee you. But he started running to the giant. And he took that slingshot. I like this slingshot. I'd never seen one before. But it's the bib, you know. And he took it and he started just swinging it around like this. Where I'm sure Goliath was saying, what is he doing what is going on coming at me with a stick he was just looking at him and when David let that stone go out of that slingshot it hit Goliath right here in the middle of his forehead the power of God and he fell down and David ran up and he took that uh, Goliath's sword and cut his head off and said, the battle, how did he say that exactly? I have it right here. Let me read it. It said, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Man, that's some bold talking, right? All them other guys were almost as big as, as Goliath. But the power of the Lord, the anointing of God, makes the difference. Now, David was probably, what a man, about 5'10", something like that, you know. And Goliath was nine feet tall. I can't even tell you how tall that is. Almost as tall as John. No, taller than John, yeah, you know. But David ran up to him because David knew who he was. And he knew who God was. Amen? He took that stone and swung it around his head and he let it go and it hit Goliath right where it had to hit him. And he fell down. I bet the ground rumbled when that big old man fell. And oh my, all of a sudden, the Israelites got excited. The Philistines got scared. Somebody stood up and defied them in the name of the Almighty God. The Philistines turned around and ran. The Israelites ran after them. Kill them, and they got the, they won the battle. They won the victory. They had the battle won by God. Now, I bet they rejoiced like they had done something themselves. You know, don't you get excited when you can see the Lord moving? But that's what happened. The battle is the Lord's. David killed the giant. With his own sword, by the way. Hallelujah. And he had the victory. We have that victory because 
The power of God was with David. David had faith in God. David had told Saul, he said, Oh, I can do it. When I was watching my daddy's sheep, and if a lion came, I pulled that lion out of his paws. And if a bear came, I got that sheep and I saved it and pulled it out of his arms. And when they turned on me, I took them by the hair. He said, and I struck them. He knew the power of God. Amen? He knew what God could do. There was some kind of relationship that was going on with David and God. And that's what makes the difference. We have to know who God is. You can't just serve a God pastor tells you about or your Sunday school teacher tells you about. You have to have a relationship with God Almighty to know Him. Some of you I know better than others because I'm around you more. And the more you get around God, the more you get around Jesus, the more you pray, the more you have fellowship, He starts becoming bigger in your life. He increases in your life. And then when a battle comes, God's big enough. He's bigger than the battle that's coming against you, the circumstances that are coming against you. He knew he was a child of God and he didn't look at the circumstances. Amen? He didn't look at that giant and said, I can't beat him. He looked at him and said... I serve a almighty God. I can do it. Well, we have circumstances coming against us. We need to know who God is. We need to stand up like David did and know that God is is behind us. David declared in 1 Samuel, It is not by sword and is our spear that the Lord saves. Amen? I'll tell you what it's by. It's by His Spirit. It's by His power. He is the one who is working in our lives. He is the one who gives us power. He is the one who will make the enemy run away from you and defeat the enemy. The Philistines fled, and that's what our giants will do. What what giant's taunting you tonight? Amen? Amen? We've all got them. What giant has you so fearful that you're all bound up tonight? You can be set free. Amen? Amen. What giant is standing there keeping you from victory? It's time to stand up like David said. Stand up to the enemy and tell him who you serve. It's time to stand up and tell the circumstances that are keeping you all defeated, oppressed, depressed, in poverty, in fear. Enough! I am a child of God. I serve the living God. Amen? And quit looking at the circumstances. Do like David. Bring them. The Hebrew went with a sword, with a slingshot, and a sling. We go with the Word of God. We got the Word of God. We don't fight by ourselves. 
We need to put on the whole armor of God. We have an armor we can put on, and it fits you perfectly. Amen. Now, Kim's just a little old bitty thing, and, and so's Bethany. But God's armor will fit me just like it fits them. It don't matter what size we are. It fits us perfectly. We need to put on the armor of God. Ephesians 6 says, Be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor. You know, you wouldn't go into battle and and just not put something on. You put the full armor on. Goliath had the full armor on. Saul's, I'm sure, uh, armor had everything with it. Well, we have certain things we need to put on for our armor. Don't leave some of it out. Say, oh, I got the helmet of salvation. I'm saved. I'm fit. You know, well, have you got on the breastplate of righteousness? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Do we have all the armor on us? Do you have on the belt of truth? Who's the truth? Jesus. Y'all don't know? Nobody said. <laughs> Who's the truth? The God. Yes, Jesus. And the breastplate of righteousness. Have our feet shod with the gospel of peace. Amen. Go out, tell them the good news that Jesus Christ has come and set us free. Amen. We have the shield of faith. We need that shield of faith when all those fiery darts of the enemy start coming at you and attacking you in your mind and attacking you in all kind of circumstances and ways. No, I have the shield of faith. He is with me. I am not alone. His Word will take care of me. But I have to know that. I have to know that. Put on the helmet of salvation. Have your mind renewed by the Word of God. Amen? Be saved. Jesus Christ has come that we be saved. And put on that helmet of salvation. I've I've heard it described this way, you know, uh, don't let an old crow come and put a nest in your head, in your hair, and just sit there and yeah, yeah, yeah here and yeah, yeah there. Put on your helmet of salvation, amen, and know who you are. Don't listen to it. Refuse to because it will defeat you when you do that. The sword of the Spirit, and that is the Word of God. Amen. Speak the word to it. What did Jesus do when he was in the wilderness and Satan come? He spoke. He said, it is written. He didn't try to come up with any kind of, you know, eloquent speech or say this or that. He said, it is written. And that's all we have to do. But we have to know what is written. And when these circumstances come against us, We need to know our God is mightier. Our God, I'm not telling you they're not going to come against you. I'm not telling you they're not going to be bad. I'm not telling you sometimes you're going to be overwhelmed. But I'm telling you that God will fight that battle for you. 
He will be right there with you and you will win that battle. And you will have the victory if you will keep on. And then the other thing that we need to do is pray. All kinds of prayers. Prayer in the Spirit, prayer without understanding, prayer thanksgiving. Be thankful for the things that God has done in our life. Let's be people of prayer. And that comes with fellowship and knowing who God is. Now, some of you in here, you know, well, everybody in here, let's just do it like that. You know, there's some people you like to be around and some you don't, right? Well, I even can tell you what the Bible said. God wants those to come before Him with joy and thanksgiving. And if you're coming in there snotting and crying and murmuring and complaining, He don't work by that. He works by faith. He moves by faith. He moves by truth. Amen? Stand up and don't be questioning whether God is big enough to deliver you out of your circumstances. I'm telling you, when you start feeling that way, you're looking at your circumstances too much. And you need to be looking at your God and making Him bigger than your circumstances. You know, come on, church. Do we believe it or don't we? Look, Just looking out here tonight, I don't know how many believe it, Pastor. Do you believe it or not? The Word of God is powerful. Amen. And He will deliver us. We are equipped. Did you hear me? We are equipped to slay the giants in our life. God has given us power. He has given us authority. Jesus said, My Father has given all things unto me, and now I'm pouring it out to you. There's nothing else. Stacy, you looking for something else? You out of luck. He's already given it to us. He's not coming back and dying on the cross again for you either. He did it once for all. And we have that power and that authority and we can walk in victory and our battles be won. Nothing's too big for God. Amen? No matter how bad they look, big they look, no matter how much your circumstances and your giant hollers at you. You heard John up here hollering, trying to scare David, trying to scare the people. That circumstance is going to come, that giant's going to come at you and he's going to tell you all the bad things that you know. He's going to be hollering at you. He'll be in your ear all the time. But no matter how much they holler at you, And it don't matter how big that giant looks. We have the power. We have our faith in God and His Word. We need to be bold. Instead of running away from our circumstances like we do or try to hide from them or get away from them, we need to be like David and stand and run at them and attack them. With the Word of God. But you know what? We don't want to read the Word enough. We don't want to pray enough. We don't want to do the things. Oh, I'll call Pastor. I'll call uh, Brother Ron. 
I'll call Miss Evelyn or Georgia or somebody. You know what? God wants you to stand up. We'll agree with you. We will pray with you. We want to do that. Wherever two or three are gathered together, there's power in that. But you know, at some point, you have to stand up and decide who you are in Christ. You have to decide if you're going to serve God with all your heart. You have to decide if you are going to have a victory. Don't mean you're not saved now. I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about the abundant life. I want the abundant life. T, I want to live in victory. I may go through battles after battle, but I know at the end I have victory because God has told me that. And He tells me He will never leave me and He will never forsake me. And it's time for the church to quit backing away and going backwards. As the the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That means the church has power. The gates of hell can't bombard us and shove us back. But we keep backing up. The church keeps backing up. But you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I've been through. Hey, I know what most every one of you been through at one time or another. And I could have give up, quit, Locked myself in my bedroom door and never got out again. But God wants us to have victory no matter what the circumstances have happened in our life. You have one life. You don't get to come live it again. I don't believe in reincarnation. I don't think pastor does. No reincarnation. One life. Enjoy it. Jesus has given us everything we need to enjoy our life. Yes, hardships are going to come. Yes, you might lose your job. Yes, your children might be heathens out there. Divorce comes. Finances. It happens to all of us. But let me tell you something. Sicknesses come. It's the same word. It's the same power. Amen? You've got to know you serve an almighty God. Just like David did. He wasn't afraid of them. Let's quit and quit being afraid of the giants in our life. Amen? Amen. And let's stand up and say, I serve God Almighty. I'm a child of the King. I will win my battles because He's given me victory. And rejoice. That's why that that word is there in the Bible so many times. Because we don't do it. (laughs) He says... Rejoice in the Lord. Again I say rejoice. Rejoice. Come to me with thanksgiving and singing. Rejoice. And most of us walking around with with sad faces 
and don't know nothing about what that, e that word even means. What does rejoice mean? You done had the victory, Tommy said. That's right. Rejoice. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the Lord. Enjoy the people of God. He's brought us together as a body to enjoy one another, to love one another, to pray for one another. Oh, I feel blessed. Y'all might, you know, not be, but I feel blessed with the people that God has put in our body. They're so easy to love, and they love me. Amen? If you don't, I think you do, so don't tell me, don't tell me otherwise, you know. Amen. Think about that a minute. We have victory. Come on now, I don't want you to feel defeated. Put your shoulders back and your head up and say it. I have victory. I don't care what your circumstances are. I got bad circumstances right now I could look at. But I have victory. And that's how I'm going to live. And that's how you need to live. So you can have the abundant life. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor, did you have anything you want to say? T, would you all come back up? Amen. I don't know how you end this kind of a service. Because I can't pray your circumstances away. But I want y'all to play something. Uh, I didn't tell y'all ahead of time, but something a little per perky. <laughs> All these people are saved. I'm not going to find nobody in here tonight that's not saved. And if they're not, they're not going to admit it. Amen? So anyway, I want to stand up, okay? Let's stand up. I want us to rejoice in who we are. I want us to love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our strength, and love each other. That's how God said the people would know that we are His disciple, by our love for Him and our love for one another. Amen. Praise you, Jesus.